Hello, people. We're back. Playing some local tunes today on purpose. The song is actually from a local band from DeSoto, Missouri. Brother Lee and the Leather Jackals. Joshua Eaker, the lead singer, hails from DeSoto. Uh, The song is called I'll Eat Your Soul. It is not intended for minor consumption, but it is fun to play loud in the car. A little gritty rock and roll. Actually, it's a little near and dear to me because we, we recorded this at uh, my old studio, Gaslight Studios, right there on the hill. So um, if you're a fan of the show, you know that we play music on purpose. And today, one of the two guests that we have, according to his Twitter bio, if it's accurate, is from DeSoto. Now he's like... Holy shit! Staring at me like, how did you? How did you figure this out? I went to high school with Josh Aker. Yeah, small world, and you didn't follow the rules. I was going to introduce you, man. You guys, <laughs> we're back, Soccer Dad Pod. Um, before I jump into our guest today, um, just again want to continuously thank you guys for listening to the show, uh, engaging, following all that. I I do have a special request. Shares are extremely uh, valuable to us <laughs> and our advertisers, which also equates to our children's college funds. So please share the show, uh, encourage listens. We, we would much appreciate that. Uh, last episode, we had Santiago Beltran, the Latin voice of City SC, formerly of STLFC voice as well. Fun conversation, uh, Colombian. Uh, native living here in St. Louis now. Uh, we broke down everything from the current team, his favorite player, his Shih Tzus, why he named them what he did, and Shakira for obvious reasons. So, without further ado, because my two carpool co-hosts are out golfing, they say they're working, but they're, I guarantee they're golfing today, uh, I have a couple of STL City's finest. No, they don't lace up this, the, the boots with the sharp points on the bottom, they lace up, I'm going to guess, chucks or vans or something more stylish. I've got a couple members of the digital media team with me today on purpose because part of our show is all about peeling back the onion of not only the his, history of soccer in St. Louis, but now with our bright new shiny toy located down at uh, Olive. Uh, it's the whole experience that's making it just a home run for everybody that's participated, let alone the record and the team on the field. So, without further ado, I have Jeremy Tripp and Aaron Brewer. Jeremy is the Director of Digital Experience for City SC, and Aaron is the Senior Product Manager, a.k.a. the guy that does all the work for Jeremy. How are you guys doing today, man? That's extremely accurate. That's exactly right. I would say it's 100% accurate. No notes. No notes. No notes. You guys like that? You you seemed awfully surprised by the uh, Brother Lee role in there. I mean, Josh has been a, an incredible musician as long as I've known him. And to hear him, you know, years, years later on a podcast randomly, yeah, very, very surprised that... Well, this is St. Louis. And so we didn't even have to go down the road of saying, what high school did you go to? Because I'm going to assume it was DeSoto. That's right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, it's a small world. Yeah, no, uh, one of our engineers, when we opened the studio on the Hill a couple years back, well, actually back in 2015, uh, had done their previous albums, brought them in. Uh, great guys. Uh, Josh, Danny, Sean. Um, deep, deep South County boys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's, it's kind of funny because I mean every everything in this town is really about relationships and it's and, and it's about um, you know we, we we find those lines of connectivity and I brought you guys on today because as I mentioned kind of in the intro the new team the new toy right um, it's about the team it's about the game it's about the wins and losses you know it, those are the headlines but what you guys are doing is really about the experience. It's about the preparation. It's about the education. And I really want to get into that today. And we'll talk about a lot of other things. Um, but just for the listeners' benefit, 
give it give us give us that elevator pitch as to what it is exactly you guys do kind of like on a, a, a game day basis or what people what people touch that you guys are responsible for and then we'll back up yeah sure so Aaron and I have a product management background um, which basically means that we sit between the fan and the business uh, of, of, of city SC um, from a digital perspective so it's really our job to look for problems to solve um, and and try to reduce friction um, anywhere we can so um, most of what we touch is the app uh, the city SC app is is our baby uh, the website is ours um, food tech so any anytime you're in the stadium ordering from a kiosk or from the mobile app or you see the digital signage up on the walls um, that's all in our space yeah so so basically with without the app for the most part I mean because you guys integrate with SeatGeek, you, you you can't really address your season tickets or your tickets uh, without the app you you can't engage or find food and beer so basically without the work that you do there is no fan experience is that what you're saying we like to think <laughs> the city app is the key to yeah. really anything that, that you want to access in city park we've tried to build it that way um, we home grow our app so it's developed internally that's very different than from um, the way most clubs or really most teams in any league approach it so because we've centralized that and, and we kind of are in control of building it ourselves we've been able to um, treat it as this hub between all of our partners and all of our vendors um, and, and create this incredibly functional utility that allows us to make it the 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 one thing in your pocket that you have to have at city park so um excuse me aaron for you question would be this for an individual that is not a season ticket holder or has not attended a game but is a soccer fan and anticipates attending why why should they get the app what's in it for them up until the point that they have tickets in hand to go check it out. Yeah. Well, if they're if they're going to be attending, downloading the app would allow them to get access to our interactive stadium map to learn and understand where like all of our food partners are in the stadium, where they can get beverages, where they can get merch. Um, additionally, like they can also use it as an opportunity to find parking around the stadium if they're not familiar with the area. Um, there's this long joke uh, that St. Louis is one giant parking lot, uh, but the further west that you move from downtown St. Louis. It's not. There's there's not a lot of parking, right. um, so we got to make sure that we're addressing that problem on front and giving our fans the ability to understand uh, what's available. Uh, but for those that aren't going to be attending a game, uh, we're baking in features to the app that would allow them to keep up with uh, with matches. Uh, those capabilities are something that are coming down on our, our product roadmap. Uh, Jeremy had mentioned it, but. Having an internal team that builds our app in-house allows us to control that roadmap more, understand what our fans' wants and needs are, and be able to build where they're going to be at. So so let me ask you guys this, because uh, in, in a number of the content pieces that have been created, the, uh, the videos, kind of the pump-up videos and the other type of social media that has been, you know, obviously permeating uh, social, uh, social media in general... Um, a lot of it references this start from scratch, this this build from nothing uh, mantra. Uh, as an not only as an expansion team by default, it's new, but you guys are taking it a step further than most organizations. And I think you mentioned it earlier, or you started to talk about it, Jeremy, where you know most other organizations, most other teams tend to use third-party apps. And then just simply plug and place their logo and, you know, their, here's where you can find your nachos. Um, talk, talk about building it from scratch. Why did you do it that way, first off? And what, have, what has been some of the benefits for the end user with it being custom to the team? To understand that, you really have to go back to, you know, August of, of 2019 when we were um, awarded the team. Um, a few months later, Matt Seaback joins the team, and Matt had this incredible technology background uh, that allowed him to sort of see into the crystal ball of the future and the way that the way that s the sports industry 
had always been and what he himself would have wanted in an experience himself as a fan and then bring that to what would become City SC. So, you know, a few months later, he brings uh, me on board, I bring on Aaron, and I think it was really that trifecta with our development team um, that allowed us to take Matt's vision and then create this, this, this reality um, where by homegrowing the app, we can centralize all these features and all these capabilities that, you know, it goes far beyond just a white label experience where all these features are now connected and they're integrated and they work how you want them to. And we started to take notes, not from other sports teams, but from these um, best in class retail experiences. Aaron and I both came from, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it or if somebody's going to come get me, but it's a... Well, there's only seven people to listen to this podcast, so you're safe. Oh, we'll, we'll say it this way. It's a <laughs> bread baking organization from St. Louis. So I'll let you piece that together. Um, that ran away from its true title. Perhaps that is the one. I can neither Maybe. confirm nor deny. <laughs> However, we from that experience, we, we gained um, you know an immense, immense amount of complex industry experience about what it looks like to run an e-commerce website of that magnitude or uh, what it looks like to operationalize technology in a cafe <laughs> environment, something that you need to do in a stadium. So, um, you know, being able to pull from those experiences and then be in direct control of solving these fan problems uh, in a way that allowed us to move very rapidly um, just, I, I think it set us up for a lot of success and, you know, we're still learning. We're still growing week so, over week. Okay. So out of the, out of the gate, um, because a couple of weeks ago I attended the 314 digital event, um, in the belly of the beast, uh, down in the basement. Wait, what do you, the call pitch it? club, the Is that what it's pitch called? club. Yeah. Yeah. See, I have three kids in school right now and I'm not usually in the pitch club. I'm just saying, <laughs> so, um, you guys talked about, though, um, specific, specific to St. Louis, and, and you, you, were, you were touching on building it from scratch, but you also talked about the relationship and the engagement from some of the other sports, uh, professional sports clubs in town, uh, specifically the Blues and the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. um, tell that story, if you don't mind, because I, that story, when I heard it, it was one of those prototypical St. Louis stories where it's like everybody knows somebody. And in your case, talk about who showed up and sure, how sure. they how they added to the to the conversation. So in the bid process for, you know, being awarded a team, um, there was a number of meetings with with Don Garber. And um, again, I was not part of these meetings at the time, but it's just sort of sort of the, the, the urban legend of this at this point. But. Uh, one of these meetings, Don Garber comes to town, and the purpose of the meeting is for the Taylor family and, and Jim Cavanaugh to uh, sit down with Don Garber and basically prove that St. Louis has the corporate structure and the, 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 the business capabilities to support a team. That was the goal of this meeting. So um, Commissioner Garber comes to town, they have the meeting, and, and in this room, is uh, you know the Dewitt family from the Cardinals? Heard of them? Uh, Doug Armstrong, uh, Tom Stillman from the Blues, and Don Garber was struck by this because, you know, he's expanded this league a few times now and and had several versions of that meeting in other cities, and he said never had he seen other clubs or other teams in town, you know, teams that technically we need to go compete with in a way for fans, for sure. eyeballs, for dollars. Um, he never see he had never seen um, another city's competing clubs basically come in support of uh, in a, a potential expansion team. So he was very moved by that, and um, you know the Cardinals and the Blues have been amazing advocates for us all along. We we can call them up anytime, ask for advice, ask for um, you know any anything we need from them in terms of how to be successful in St. Louis. And obviously they've got... Well, yeah, you know, in the Cardinals' uh, start to the season, they probably need to give Lutz a call and be like, come on, man, what's going on with these numbers? And you, know, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's been a... And I know you're walking on eggshells with, with, nonsense. with, with uh, the nonsense that I'll throw out, but... No, the Blues didn't have the best <laughs> year in, in the neither, world. But yeah, neither. I think they're, the, the Blues are going to come out stronger next year. The Cardinals, I don't know, man, their lineup looks good on paper. I think they're going to figure it out. 
I, you know what? The tone of your voice and, and the actual, your, your eyes shot up when you were talking about the Cardinals. Question for both of you. Are either of you from a soccer house? Do you have soccer pedigree in your bones? Or were you brought in for your digital talents and you're now falling in love with it? That depends. Will you ask us to leave if the answer is no? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm an inclusive podcast and I will not ask you to sit or stand in your seat at any given time. I'm going to let you go first. On All this right. <laughs> um, I actually I don't come from a, a soccer home. However, um, soccer has been near and dear to me just from a playing perspective. Uh, I actually grew up in Hillsboro, Missouri, right next to DeSoto, so small town boys. There you go. Um, and, and there I played soccer, I'm growing up playing soccer as a kid. Um, but I do believe that our, our digital expertise did have an influence on us being here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me ask you this. I mean, because um, St. Louis historically, and frankly, from the majority of the rural surrounding areas, it is Cardinal Nation. It was caught. A big red nation for a while, then the Rams, and then obviously the Blues have been a stalwart since the 60s. Here comes MLS, uh, you know, in the in the late teens, and the and and the and the city. This group is awarded the team, and now you're aware of it. You're moving in. Um, did you th- did you have any idea that it would be received the way that it has been? Um, were, were you expecting that? Was it a surprise? You know, being on the inside part of the team that was responsible for rolling this out, did anything like aha you? I'll say yes. I mean, it's I, I knew it was going to be this way from the second I saw this team was announced. Um, I grew up in a baseball family. I grew up with my grandpa around Bush Stadium, you know, trying to get autographs from Lou Brock and Bob Gibson and whomever would would roll in in the in the parking garage down there, and I think St. Louis has always been a sports town. You just noted, you know, the the illustrious history of of this 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 city, um, but the Blues have been around for 50 years and the Cardinals have been around over 100. So, right. um, what was what I didn't know was how fast it would happen because those teams have amazing illustrious histories. It took them a while to get there. Um, I knew that St. Louis would support anything with St. Louis on the chest, but I did not know it would be this immediate and to this scale. Um, and it's it's been amazing, obviously. Well, I, I have a technical question uh, because I'm, I'm assuming you guys uh, are on top of volume, utilization, all those typical metrics as it applies to tech, right? Um, if you go back to whenever the season ticket window opened up, psh- Flooded, right? You get, we, we have a projected 22-4, 22-5 stadium, and we have 60,000 or whatever the number was in res- season ticket reserves. Okay, we get past that. All, that's all sorted out. Tickets are sold. We're selling out. Now you get into the season, and you start to see utility and usage. And here we are as arguably the greatest expansion team in the league on paper. Are you seeing just a continuous surge was there a was there a whale hump in the numbers or you know what what does it look like on your side are you seeing just constant interest or is it just steady i think the the key here is that st louis adopted very early on there was a a core group of diehard soccer fans who know the history they've been around they, they were excited when a club was announced but beyond that there's the casual sports fan and that's the group that we spent the better part of two or three years trying to get into our fold. But since we've started the season and since the, the club has been so hot, now we're actually seeing numbers grow from beyond even that group. So now we're into casual sports fans, people who may only come to one game a year or even you know statewide or national interest from um, cities and states that, that we never even tried to court. So that's right. been amazing to, to see the national interest grow as the team does well. So then on the, from a national uh, perspective, you, the, the Garber stories early on coming in and meeting and sitting down and DeWitt's in the room and, and Armstrong's in the room and all those things have occurred. And now you fast forward to today um, because every MLS market is now taking notice of everything that we're doing. Not only because of the obvious record, but 
down to the food. Um, you know, you you, you have foot, uh, Footy Scran and, and and accounts like that that are that are really global accounts that are like, hold on, this this stadium's different. Talk about your guys' role as it applies to, you know, leaning into more of the uh, the the plus one items above soccer. That being food, beverage, experiences like that. So I think Matt Seebeck has this great way of explaining this, where he wants the city game day experience to be um, a sensory experience, where you you smell great food and you hear great music and you know you 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 see. Um, just you know an incredible show put on in the field and um it goes on and on but i think that as our leader he's put us in a great position to be able to affect each sort of column or each pillar of of that sensory experience so um we are always looking for ways to um integrate the food experience into our app or um, you know, even like Aaron getting involved with the, the parking map, that was a, a customer problem that we found um, that we felt like we could have an effect on that match day experience. So Aaron went and he, he tackled it. Um, you know, where, I don't know, what else, what else to add to that? Hmm. Well, I, I think my, where I was really going with this too, and, and you answered it uh, to a large degree, but the compare contrast to the other cities, the other stadiums, you know, for example, Sporting KC, love to hate them, and I'm going to ride them all the time. Um, you look at their location, you look, and it's a beautiful stadium. I'll give them that. I've been there. It's nice. It's a nice grass field square. It feels European, but the overall experience is extremely subpar when you when when you start to calculate um, the the ticketing and the food and all those things. It it it, it feels milk toast, if you know what I mean. How are you guys planning on staying on top of that trend? Is it built into the culture via Seebeck, via Gerard, via uh, the team? You know, are you guys kind of uh, consuming it daily and trying to figure out how to constantly push the envelope? How is how is that process playing out? It's it's all of the above. We want city matches to be the biggest party in town every you know every other weekend basically, um, and I, I think we do our best work when all of those different parts of our organization are firing at once. So you mentioned a couple. You mentioned Gerard um, in, in the food experience. But beyond that, there's... A- AKA there's Pizza Delivery Boy. That's right. During pizza, goals, right? Pizza guy. And, yeah. How funny was that, though? I mean, realistically, here you have a James Beard winner uh, with a restaurant empire holding what looks like a, a ton of single serves, just smiling, like hand, <laughs> handing him out. That was crazy. And if you haven't seen it, go go online. Just 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 go to Twitter, Insta, and type in Gerard Craft Goal. You'll see it. Um, what what is it like working with individuals like that? Because I I think about other professional sports uh, leagues, organizations, stadiums, and no offense offense to the uh, the LHMs of the world, but there's a big difference between a uh, white collar brass of LHM walking down into the team meeting and a guy like Gerard Kraft. So talk uh, about that culture. I just, I'll I'll say that the the Taylor family came into this with the mindset that they were going to bring in the very best people that they could to build this thing. And uh, look, Gerard is on that list. Uh, Mastermind is on that list. Um, Down the list. I mean, throughout the organization, they have literally said, okay, who is my ideal candidate to run this team? And they went out and got that person. And a lot of those individuals are, they, they have a, a huge stake in St. Louis, right? So the team is, isn't just the team on the field. It's, it's our restaurant partners. There's 25 of them in the stadium. It's Gerard, right? It's, everybody has a personal stake in St. Louis and we want to elevate St. Louis as we elevate the team. It is funny because I have a number of friends that will be coming into town and they are going to be snagging some of my tickets. And I've joked with them. I'm like, look, soccer is going to be good. I'm not worried about that. Seats are great. Sightlines are awesome. Music's going to be off the hook. All good. But our food scene has always kicked the shit out of your food scene, friend <laughs> from Tulsa, from wherever. And, you know, and, and the cool thing is, like, I can literally send them the app and be like, here, check out Farm Truck. You know, Sam over there or uh, Balkan, right? Find another stadium that has, like, a Balkan flatbread. You know, it just doesn't exist. So kudos to the whole team. Um, 
I think it's one of those fringe benefits as attendees. You most have heard about it. Most know the names. Very few, because we have a large percentage of people coming in that are county residents. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot of uh, you know farm farmhouse food trucks in the valley. That's right. That's right. And uh, again. So many of us joined the organization because we wanted to shine light on St. Louis. We saw what the team could do to help elevate that. And um, so many of our food partners feel the same way. They, they are here to um, obviously sell hamburgers and hot dogs. But at the end of the day, that's very hard to do. Well, Serving, but you didn't get a normal hot dog. You got a you got Steve's, a Steve's right. hot dog. Bacon <laughs> Jamaican. But look, it is very hard for these guys um, to sell some of their products in a stadium environment. Um, most of the food sales that occur in, in a given soccer match occur in the 30 minutes prior to the match and yeah. in the 15 minutes of halftime. 90% of your sales are going to occur in those two periods of time. So that's okay if you're slinging hot dogs, something that you can create in 15, 20 seconds and then hand off. Yeah. But it is not easy to do with a pork steak sandwich. It is not easy to do with that Balkan flatbread. Yeah. Those, are, those are very hard. So these guys had to really, really think through how can I be successful in this environment in, in order to be a part of this? And, and they've done that. And I think just week over week, we've seen massive improvements that, um, that, that show that this is hard to do, but it can be done. So a lot of the content also, uh, just from an entertainment standpoint, educational standpoint, you know, you guys are doing a great job of getting the players um, out in front of the people through the app, through socials, et cetera. Uh, some of the more funny ones, in my opinion, are the ones with the food, you know, trying t revs things like that. Uh, have you had any experience with uh, the players through those events? Um, you know, so any of the, uh, what I would consider like the behind-the-scenes feedback? Because a lot of them are coming from environments, teams, uh, home stadiums that don't do what we do. What's, what's been the player reaction to the experiences that you guys are creating? I'm glad to give some of these guys some beautiful weather for the first time <laughs> the last couple of weeks because <laughs> basically they've all come in. I mean, a lot of them endured a brutal St. Louis summer last summer right into a brutal St. Louis winter, and uh, finally we're coming out of that. But, you know, I, I just think that so many of them are just reacting to our food. Like, they, they come in from these, you know, cities all across the world and then they're struck by our food scene, and that's the one thing they, they all seem to be um, cohesive around. We're going to need, like, a schnitzel cart soon, you know. <laughs> that's this, right. this German contingency is just kind of taking over. They're going to have a hanker and <laughs> some sauerkraut. Well, more urban chestnut, right? We'll give, the, we'll give them some German beer. So, no, it's, it's awesome. What, um, have, you, have you also had, uh, do, you, do you continually compare and contrast with these other uh, MLS teams in particular? Because I, I know that you guys, I mean, there's bragging rights. What, what does that look like in your world? Because you guys are the gateway between, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith sitting on their couch and getting a ticket and showing up and sitting in their seat. Everything in between those two processes are two instances you guys are, are touching. How, how, do you, how are you comparing with everybody in your own minds right now? Oh, okay. Um, I think there are certain clubs in the in the league that we look to as North Stars. Uh, when we were coming in before we'd played a game, you know, we looked a lot at Austin and what they had done from a brand building perspective. Um, you know, Atlanta is obviously a club that fills a, a huge stadium every other weekend. Crazy. Incredible, incredible. So there are examples out there that um, certainly gave us something to aspire to. We definitely wanted to be our own thing, though. So we have tried to do our best to establish some some thought leadership within the league um, around, you know, th- this is how you take um, a, 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 a concept, nothing more than an idea yeah. of, of a soccer team, and then turn it into reality and build something that people can get behind before you kick a ball. So that I think we overall... As far as expansion clubs are, are concerned, I think we would consider ourselves very successful in that. Um, I don't want to say the most successful ever, ever because that's uh, kind of tough to measure. But um, yeah, I think I think overall we we did it. So let me ask you this, because I know that the, there are a number of key positions 
excuse me, uh, within the organization that are populated by people that did not come from the soccer world, uh, including yourselves to a degree. Um, how much do you think that is it, that is playing into specifically in St. Louis? Because we 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 we've, we've touched on this earlier. Everybody knows somebody, and the soccer community here is very very large. And so there was a general expectation running into this thing that would be populated with <clears throat> what I would consider the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. But this ownership group did not do that. Really kind of uh, seemed to select uh, the CEO, COO, uh, individuals like yourselves, people that were really good in their lanes. How, how is the chemistry... Um, you know, within a soccer organization with a number of individuals that have not been in the soccer world. I'm, I think I'm incredibly proud of, yeah. of how seamless that has been, honestly. Um, you kind of look at the city front office as, as this quadrant of people who came from inside of sports and people who came from outside of sports. And then kind of the other direction you look at it is people who came from St. Louis or people who came from outside of St. Louis. And it created this really unique blend where, like I said earlier, because the the Taylor family wanted to simply just install like the best possible person for that role. Well, I mean, it it starts there. That's kind of where where I'm going with because Carolyn Kendall, you know, was famously kind of uh, quoted or caught on tape with a Soccer for Dummies book, you know, as the owner of an MLS team. And there's a certain amount of, like, uh, cute parody to that, you know? You guys seem to be, like, feeding off of a lot of that. You know, in in a town that is clearly a soccer town, you know, is, is, is that... Because I have a hard time believing with brilliant brand minds that you have, like some of this has to be a little bit on purpose uh, or is it just that organic? I mean, I feel like it's organic. It's absolutely organic. You know, you've got Lee Broughton um, right next to her office who has incredible soccer knowledge. Yeah. You've got... He's uh, got great hair too. Tim Tim Twellman. You've got Dale Shilley. You've got Tim Kelly, guys who were yeah. you know, born and raised here and have an, an immense depth of knowledge. Um, for, for every person who doesn't come from sports, you've got somebody who, who did no, and, I, and brings it all together. L- let me clarify too. I love it. I think it's great because I think that our town... Uh, not that it's unique to St. Louis because it happens everywhere, but we tend to fall within our own gutters uh, or ruts, so to speak, over and over and over again. And that's why the cars move in the same direction. But this team is literally like swerving all over the place in a good way. Um, I love it. I it mean, allows basically, us to, to create an environment where the best idea wins, not just the way that it has always been done. Right. I mean, we, Aaron and I come from a space in sports where probably once a week we're told, uh, you guys are weird, you know, we, this isn't usually the way we do this. And I kind of love hearing that because to me that tells me we're, we're on the right track to something. We're, we're breaking a wheel or innovating. We're doing something. Disrupt. Yeah, we're doing something disruptive. And that's where we as tech guys want to be. Yeah, it, it's, it's way more fun to create ideas and frankly, try them in the face of <laughs> all, all sanity, right? Because usually that's where the cool stuff comes out. And, and, it, and having attended probably, I don't know, I think I've only been to about seven MLS stadiums. This is unique. And it kind of caught me off guard. As a lifelong soccer person, player, fan, dad, soccer dad, all this other stuff, It's I was not expecting it. So kudos to you guys on all that front. So... Uh, it's time for a refill, quick break. Um, you might have heard in the background here, um, I'm finally picking up on what's going on here. Um, we're down at Well Spent Brewing on Olive. Uh, we, y- if you listen, you know. Beer's great. Come check them out. But looks like there's an event. Approach, single, mingle. Find your person in person. So check it out. Give them a pop while we're on here before we go fill up our glasses here. So... Jeremy Aaron, thank you. We'll be right back. Cool. And we're back. Got a refill. 
quizzing my two southern region friends here with another southern region band. What we got? We got anything? I don't know, but I like it. Oh, it gets better. It's actually really one of my favorite songs from a local band. I think I know it. Really trippy. Got a guess for me? Is it Pono AM? Bingo. Well done. You are from DeSoto, aren't you? <laughs> Fun fact, I spent all of high school and my college years in bands. I was a touring musician. I played with half the guys in Pono. That's awesome. Good vibes by Pono AM. Give them a follow. They would appreciate it. Um, yeah, so, you know, I w- neither one of you have a wiki page yet. You will because you'll be go, go down in history as the STL City app makers. <laughs> and you get a big wiki page and That's examples great. of all the work. Um, but I noticed in your Twitter profiles some similarities. And one stood out to me. How handsome we were. <laughs> uh, that one didn't stand out to me. Ooh, okay. Is it the hair? No, it was actually a description of interest. Any guesses as to what your overlapping interest was outside of music? We've been friends for like 10 years, so I don't know. Woodworkers. Ah. Ah. I would say I'm the lesser of a good worker. So as an (laughs) ex-wannabe carpenter myself, who built our dining room table, by the way, um... Why woodworking? I thought, you know, is, is that like an escape from it is. digital, I, you know? I think of it like this. I spend all my waking hours in front of a computer building something that you can't touch. Yep. And then yep. I go home and woodworking for me is, is problem solving, but with your hands. Like you can think through the problem, but then when you're done, you ha- you can hold it. And that is... A thousand percent with yeah, it's, it's something, it's a different kind of problem solving that's almost therapeutic. Plus, the tools are cool. They are I very mean, cool. And they're very sharp and dangerous. They are expensive, expensive, too. Yeah, and it becomes a very expensive habit whenever you nick your finger, too. Yes. <laughs> I still don't have feeling in my thumb from a router that I caught once. That was not so Oh, uh, they're bad. They'll jump, too. They did. You, yeah, not good. Um, so, in the first half, we talked about a lot of the kind of the build-out. Um your the things you guys focus on in order to kind of create the environment uh and then we we talked about um the different characters uh within the organization um a few of the key characters though uh lutz lee and uh peter i believe um do you think that they're able to control a room because they have an accent <laughs> I, I will say I do think it contributes, <laughs> but I don't know how much. We, we, first time I listened to, uh, what is it, uh, City Voice, correct? Mm-hmm. That's the podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yep. yep. Um, sitting there listening to music, episode one, and bam, here's the BBC at nine <laughs> voice. I'm like, he's not from, you know, the hill. <laughs> Listen, St. Louis is very well known as the accentless, <laughs> you know, um, heart of the Midwest here where we, we, we have the lack of an accent. I think we have a thing or two to learn about what an accent can do to uh, oration and your ability to work a room. I think, you know, one of the funny, what if you did this? What if you challenged everybody as one of the new little media pieces? Just have them say Interstate 44 or Farty Far or, you know, Farty Far, Farty Far, 44, 404. <laughs> Aaron has a great... Um, Peter Wood impression that I, I think he would love to put permanently yeah. on the record. <laughs> Let's drop it. Red lights on. He's got to put his Pellegrino down. Aluminium. Aluminium. Aluminum. Oh. Aaron, if I gave you an idea that you thought was really good, what would that idea be? Would it be brilliant? What else would it be? Mental. What else would it be? <laughs> Very punk rock. Yeah, that's. I, I'm. I'm feeling it. It feels like uh, Camden Town on a Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's it's one of those things. I, I, it's a subtle thing that I love about the team, is really kind of the international influence by default of some of these uh, people that are involved, because it is the global game, right? Uh, you know, in starting with Lutz, 
kind of from a from a play standpoint, building the team, building the players. You know, and you look at the uh, the national flags of the players that we brought in. Um, it's r- super impressive. You know, forget about getting into the weeds of how he's done it financially, you know, all those other things without a designated player, but a designated team. The designated team concept, uh, it feels as if it's, it's carrying over into your guys' world as well. I mean, it really is almost like the, the whole organization is operating that way. Does it, does, it, does it feel that way? I mean, can you speak to that? I think so. I feel like it's just an organization and a culture that is pulling in the same direction. That's really what it's all about, right? On the field, it was, um, it started with building that spine, starting with Roman Berkey, starting with, um, you know, the, the, the sort of core players that Lutz wanted to bring in early and, and um, establish. <clears throat> but then at the same time in the, in the front office, I think it's the same kind of thing. It's just a mission of building the best possible experience that we can and really having no agenda to it other than, doing that so talk about building things out because uh the the tv presence of the league is was taken over this year by apple right um those of you that are familiar with uh the packages the uh season pass all that thing and apple in general you kind of know a little bit about what's going on but there's also kind of the underbelly of the content itself uh that that i believe that and correct me if i'm wrong or maybe explain it to me uh each team has its, quote, page, right? Um, but within that, uh, the team is able to or encouraged to provide content uh, to Apple kind of under the, what, what I would consider like uh, additional content, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is there plans on that front? Uh, can we reasonably expect more of that type of content coming out, behind the scenes stuff? Uh, you know, what's that look like and how is it to work with Apple? I mean, the answer is yes, though. There will be a ton of content. We were well positioned to take full advantage of that relationship with Apple just because we have an in-house content creation, um, what I'd call agency, like a whole team of people who work on this kind of thing. And not every club has that. So the Apple relationship, um, was, was certainly a, I think it's a boon for accessibility in terms of making MLS, um, literally in the pocket of, you know, how many hundred million people in, in the United States and, and globally. But um, as content creators, we were very well positioned to be able to make that kind of content. And, of course, you can definitely expect more of that yeah. um, as, as that expands and, and kind of grows. Um, working with Apple, I think, I mean, it's it's been fine. It's been easy. They've made it easy for us. They obviously have an amazing team of, of developers and, and product people there to, to create that tool. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty learning. good at product, aren't they're they? They're learning just like we are. <laughs> this is the first time they're doing this. So, yeah. um, you know, they've, they've, had, they've had outages. They've had features that didn't go like they thought, just like we have. And um, but but the sc- the were screen, quick to fix them. So. The screen quality is out of this world. It is. I mean, it looks like any EPL game you've ever seen, right? It's very good. Yeah, it's very, very good. So uh, I'm going to stay in the Apple world real uh, <coughs> briefly here, kind of a quick crossover, little parallel lane. Uh, and that is uh, Ted Lasso and Wrexham. And the reason I'm bringing them up is because of part of your guys' job right is to not only take care of season ticket holders or ticket holders for said games and creating that experience but you're also trying to extend the experience uh the 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 bells and whistles to maybe non-soccer fans um do you or have you looked you know because the ted lasso thing where i'm going with that is there's a ton of people who love Ted Lasso that never love soccer that are now like aware of what it is. Wrexham is a little bit of a different piece. Are you familiar with Wrexham? I'm of course, assuming? yeah. And and what they've been doing um, with TikTok and everything else. Do 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 you ever look to kind of Hollywood in those two examples for inspiration or things to reach out to the non-soccer fans, or is there something? That is, uh, you know, the, uh, a trick to not fool a soccer person, but 
hook somebody that might have been a baseball person? I mean, what both of those shows have done for soccer, just elevating the the sport, is is undeniable. I mean, anytime you can bring a casual fan into the fold and effectively convert them to someone who prior we never would have spoken to or been able to contact, you know, bring into our fold, and now there's somebody that we can actually get down to City Park or at least to download our app and get our, um, you know, content in front of them. I mean, from just strictly an inexperienced perspective, right, like Jeremy had mentioned a little bit earlier on the show that, um, you know, we're, we're pulling experiences that are stellar outside of our industry, and we're trying to meet the fans where they're actually already at, right? So by <clears throat> delivering on these awesome fan experiences through the app, through the city park, through content, right? We're hopefully growing our, our known universe even more, and getting what, people educated on the sport. What are what are some of the non-sport brands, uh, tools, apps that has inspired you guys uh, to to create some of the experiences that you have? Obviously, Panera. We have a lot of. Uh, yep. Oops, I mean, well, too late now. Um, <laughs> we look a lot to. I'll, I'll beep it out. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Bunny Bread. <laughs> no, but look, I mean, in the e-commerce space, in the food space, uh, Chipotle, Starbucks, Panera, those are those are great applications that we look to often um, for for inspiration. Um, outside of that, we look to Spotify. We look to what else? Throw yeah. some at me. I mean, we look at you know Xbox and Xbox and PlayStation for achievements, right? Gamification within the app. Uh, we look at a lot of, <clears throat> I mean, Simon, the um, the premium outlets in Chesterfield, they have an awesome interactive map experience for you to be able to find where you need to go. Uh, we're just looking all over the place for awesome experiences to take inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the badge thing feels like a video game. I mean, it really does. Is it, you, you're completing these levels. Um, do, do you guys track internally? Like, is there a board of your top 10 badge getters? And Because every, I'm sure there's hundreds that all have the same number of them. But who's quickest? And why is it Matt Baker? <laughs> I was going to say, you know the answer. <laughs> the question is, who's number two? Yes, who's, who is, who's the number two super fan? No, the, the, the badge structure is um, it's almost like a, a among the supporter groups, I feel like um, we're the badge guys. They don't care so much for the app, but they love the badges. Yeah. And, um, you love know, the badges. There's, there's people out there who just lo- love them, love them. Um, I'll say just, just for reference, if you have all three tiers of the first game badge, you are elite. There's only maybe 30 or 40 people in the in the world who have all three tiers of that. I think I just figured out how to do the game day prediction last week. Oh, yeah. Week eight, yeah. So, but I mean, you know, I, I'm not your target market right now. <laughs> well, and there's, there's more we want to do with that. Like, yeah. you know, Aaron, Aaron as the, the app guy, thinks a lot about, I'm speaking for you right now, by the way. Thank you. you know, you're two feet from me. <laughs> Um, I can concur. He's nodding yes. <laughs> he he thinks a lot about how we obviously engage the diehard and engage that the the soccer fan, but how do we engage you outside of match day? You know, there's six other days a week that that we want to entertain you and we want you to be in the app and we want you to be spending time with us. Yeah. So that you know, driving that engagement through things like badges or through our partnerships um, around the city or any number of things like. Anything we can get to, to bring people back to the app, we are interested in, in thinking Absolutely. about. Uh, that was actually one of the questions I had. Maybe it's a question for you, Aaron. Like, what does a Monday morning look like after a game day weekend? Y- y- you know, what are you guys looking at from a uh, utilization standpoint? Or, yeah. you know, h- how, do, how, do you, how do you give yourself a grade on Monday after a Saturday night game? Yeah, I mean, we look at all the data, all of it. Um, we look at food engagement, we look at app engagement, we look at where they were at in the app, what features were they using. Um, <clears throat> we also send out a post-match survey after every match just to get a good gauge for what our fans thought I about f- I experience. filled that out, by the way. And I never fill out a survey. You're, you're <laughs> Usually my wife will only do it if she gets free food. She's a Panera taster, by the way. All right. I mean a bread coat oh, taster. Yeah. Bunny bread. If Bunny you bread. Ask Bunny bread. She loves bread. <laughs> if you want to really get Aaron going, ask him about NPS scoring. Oh, man. Here we go. What acronym? What's it stand for? Do we know? NPS stands for Net Promoter Score. Uh, and it gives you a good gauge of 
the perception that your customers or your fans have of your brand, product, or service out there, right? So after a two-hour rain delay, how'd you do? <laughs> we haven't looked at the data yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, we'll look at it next week. <laughs> I can tell you with confidence, people were drinking beer, so... Um, the score was probably okay. I have selfies to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> In the Hellcat, which was tornado safe, by the way. Good to know. Yeah. And most importantly, from, from Saturday, I just want to make sure that fans were safe and sound and that everything went smoothly. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was clearly an atypical situation. Um, I felt for a lot of the uh, kind of the gate staff because it was... You know, they were given simplistic instructions, and everybody there heard these simplistic instructions, and in typical human style, wanted to make them difficult, which just made it worse. So, you know what? Whatever your score was, just you know, grade it on a curve. It doesn't matter. That was like a college prep course. Well, we haven't looked at it yet, so it could be good. I'm sure it was actually. I'm just, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, winning five to one makes a lot of any any any. Challenges people face go away. So funny because I was standing there with some buddies and talking about the whole thing. And for me, I happened to get in probably five minutes after or before, no, before they locked the gates because of the lightning strikes, right? And I I, I compared it to, I have friends that live in Florida and they always talk about these hurricane parties, right? Where they're like, ah, we're not going anywhere and sit around and drink tequila for 24 hours. Kind of felt like that a little bit. Um, but when the game started, you had the red light ring. I don't think it could have happened any better for you guys. As an organization, for them to score three minutes in. And now everybody's memory of what just happened was long gone. <laughs> So I think you guys owe Stroud a 12-pack of well-spent beer. Look, we were joking earlier today, and <laughs> if we could just get Bradley to tell the boys to score three minutes, three minutes into every match, I mean, we're going to be in good shape all season. Those NPS scores are going to go off the That's charts. That's right. I, I don't think he drives the on-field strategy based on our NPS scores, but if he did, that would do a lot for us. Well, he seems very <laughs> cosmopolitan. I'm sure he'd be open to it. And he's got an accent, too. All people with an accent will at least listen. Now, they might make fun of you afterwards, but... They're smarter than us non-accent people, so... Oh, that's true. Farty far. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's crazy because it's, it's like... I, 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 I see what, what you guys... Really, the club as a whole is, is, is attempt, attempting to do... Oh, that, that was definitely a date match. <laughs> Somebody Check. had success. Actually, two rounds of beers in and one rotation of speed date, <laughs> and they're hitting it off now. So witnesses here, and everybody listening is like, you guys are losers. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> but here, here's what I was gonna, where I was going with this. From the feel of the stadium, because, you know, uh, I had friends in from Chicago recently. Uh, big soccer people, fire season ticket holders, grew up here, but they've been gone forever, probably 25 years. And we turned the corner, parked the car over the training grounds at the academy, and we walked down the street, and, you know, you get to the corner, and boom, there it is. And his quote was, this is fucking done right. And that was it. It was all he saw was just the Market Street corner. And then we started walking through all these other things that you've done, showed him the app, showed him different things. And he's like, you know, this is, he goes, this is more of like an amusement park for soccer nerds. Oh, man. And yeah, no. So I'm not saying it because I want you to pay the tab or anything, you know, but I know I'm being serious here. Um, so whatever you're doing, the secret sauce is there. Just keep stirring it. Maybe it's Gerard. You know, you, you, you have a real chef. We do. He's in there mixing the ingredients, and, <laughs> yeah, making sure it's uh, spiced to taste. Um, I love the amusement park con uh, comment just because the way that I think about what we're trying to do on a technology side, I'm not trying to build the best sports app or create right. the best sports digital experience. We really do think of City Park as a district, and we, we treat it more like what a theme park would do. How would a theme park approach this problem than, than a sports venue? Universal Studios, right? Um, me, personally, uh, I have no interest in Mickey Mouse. I have no interest in the vast majority of Universal uh, 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 characters, 
themes. I do like Harry Potter and what they've done down there is amazing. But why I will give them all the credit in the world is the, the efficiency, the efficacy of everything that you touch there. From the parking lot to your ticket to the timing of the lines and all that other thing. It's like intuitive. You know, whereas you go back to growing up here, you know, you go to Six Flags in the middle of summer on the asphalt and get in line for the yep. Screaming Eagle and you hope to ride it two hours later and you never knew. Now, granted, you didn't have cell phones back then either, but I think what you guys are doing is you're really kind of taking a lot of the guesswork out of it, which is really cool. Yeah, because ultimately it's it's before, during, and after a match. We yeah. need to be getting after the experiences at each one of those parts. So let's talk soccer now that we've talked technology for 45 minutes. <laughs> you, uh, I'm assuming you guys have been at every home game? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, have you been to, um, I'm assuming you went to games in previous years kind of as part of the team, or did you? Have you been to MLS games prior? Yeah, yeah. I've been to I've been to Austin a couple of times. I've been to KC. Um, I visited Toronto just on a like a family trip, but I didn't get to see a game. Just saw the stadium. So I'm, I'm racking up my collection. I've been to Louisville, USL, USL. Uh, Louisville, match. cool. What's your yeah, favorite? Louisville does it really well. What um, was your favorite? Oh man, there's so many still to see that I, I feel like I, I need to see LAFC. Um, I need to see Nashville. Like there's there's some on my list that I, I know will make the top list once I go there. But LAFC, you know, you follow, obviously the El Trafico was this past mm-hmm. weekend. Watching their social media, it, it, it's like a scene from um, Gladiator, or uh, what's the one with Mel Gibson where he's uh, the Patriot. Obviously, is the one Patri- you're referring to. Braveheart. Braveheart, thank you. Man, I total brain fart there. Yeah, more Braveheart. Like I'm, they're scary. Was it what women want? Is that the movie you were thinking of? <laughs> so, yes, it actually was. Uh, that's on the concourse level. Um, no, but I'm saying like what they're doing out there and the quality of the team. The team's off the charts. Very, very good team. They are going to be dangerous. Uh, my question to you guys is this: uh, Now that you have uh, skin in the game, equity in the process, and equity in this team. Uh, talk about being a fan. Here we are. We're sitting at 6-2. and two. Uh, We lost two games to very tough teams. The third of the three tough ones comes to town this past weekend, and we completely destroy them. Uh, where's your heads at? Where's your hearts at with the team? And project out. What, what are you thinking this, this year? Aaron, you go first. Well, when we work when we work a match, we're usually running around the entire time, making sure that everything's running smoothly, that fans are having an awesome time with food and tech. Um, but those little glimpses of moments where we get to stop and watch the match for a second and see a goal, uh, it's just it's it's magical. It really changes the the field of which we've been working on for so long. When you're standing on a corner and you see like uh, build up at goal and you see everybody stand and then you see the lights or whatever. Like, do you feel as if you're a proud papa, you know, and that's your that's your baby out there? Yeah. The home opener for me, um, to, to Aaron's point, when we're working a match, we we don't we have our backs to the field a lot of the time because we're working with, you know, working with fans, we're working with food partners, whatever. Um, but the home opener uh, for the for the sort of build up moment, the the hype moment, if you will, before when the players took the field, um, I made sure that we as a team had a chance to go out and, and kind of experience that moment. Um, so it was literally Aaron um, and myself standing shoulder to shoulder right outside of uh, Together Credit Union Club watching this moment. And I'm, Aaron handled it like a champ. He, he's, he's a tough guy over there. But I was crying because we put you know years of ourselves into this project. And then that was the moment where it became real and a ball was kicked. And it was kind of like you... You cross a finish line, but almost you cross a starting line at the same time. You know, it's so funny because if if if, uh, if you've listened, <laughs> Jared, my co-host, we we famously talked about his first day in. Uh, you know, and, and here's an XD1 player played a very very high level, um, has continues to play with a lot of guys that were pros for a long time, and he we've talked about that first day walking in, and he literally cried for a much different reason, you know, like an accumulation of 30 plus, 35 years plus of here it is. 
and you have been with the team with around the game here for a relatively short period of time, but it's like accelerated kind of the passion. And I think that's something, and, and I'm only bringing this up because it's more kudos for you guys because that's exactly what you did. You created a fast track to people's passion for the team. I joked um, earlier on because, I mean, you can't go anywhere in this town and not see somebody wearing a city mm-hmm. kit, hoodie, koozie, bumper sticker, whatever. And I, we put a tweet out a little while back like, hey, sorry, Cardinals, you know, what took you 100 years in merch sales took City one year, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and But that's kudos to the whole brand and the ID and, and the color and everything. So... Um, season prediction. Let's go down that road. Now, you know enough to be dangerous. Yeah, you, you, I'm, I'm you, just thinking. You know where the bodies are buried at this point. And it's it's changed week over week because prior to the season... So, look, I went to Austin as a fan. I, I wanted to stand with the supporters. I wanted to see that first match. Um, and talking with them, I was sitting next to Kevin Marshall and Aaron Mednick. <laughs> and those are good dudes. I'm Luligans. Tons of people who listen to the show are going to know these two guys because they're the most welcoming people in the world. Is there anybody that's taking more selfies than Kevin? No, 100%. He's the selfie king, um, self, self-proclaimed. Um, but I'm standing next to these guys, and you know they're clearly emotional about the moment as well. And it, it really strikes you um, what you've built here. But in talking to those guys, the the... The first match, our prediction was, let's get a couple goals in this first one. Um, you know, let's just break out of here, not embarrass ourselves. Early season, it was, hey, this team might be kind of good. Let's just try to make the playoffs uh, or make a good run at it. You know, maybe have a, a, a deep um, open cup run and, and make the best of this first year. But now you're thinking, man, this this team is pretty good. Yeah. Who, who's going to stand in the way at this point? So, um, you know, I... I I want to see Seattle come back around. Um, I want to see what we look like against LAFC. Some of these top, top stalwart contenders, and um, and how and bad see where we stand? <clears throat> how bad do we beat those turds on the other side of the state? Uh, we're just going to take care of business here at home. Two, three, four, five. Go ahead, say it. If you say it, it must be true. If I say it, it'll go the other way because that's just jinxing myself here. Do, is there any like rivalry trash talk started yet on the backside with those guys? Scott, there's got to be a little bit. I mean, it's not like we're saying, oh, hey, San Jose. Or, you know, it's, it's just not happening. So, so yes and no. Because, and I'll say it this way. Um, when I came to the sports industry, again, I did not come from sports. Um, at Panera, if I were to call Chipotle and say, hey, I really like that feature you guys built. Can you tell me how you did that or who'd you use or how did it work? They would say, go to hell, right? Like, no, I'm not going to tell you that. That's, yeah. that's our intellectual property. But if I were to call Austin and now and say, hey, who are you guys using for this great thing that you do? They'd be happy to help. If I call the Blues, they're going to be happy to help. If I call the Cardinals, they're going to be happy to help. I that's see where you're going with this. such a change. It's very friendly. In, in the sports industry where it is collaborative and it's kind of like the, the high tides raise all ships mindset. So, you know, we've, we've, we've spoken to SKC, and, and obviously there's, there's fan benefit to creating that rivalry, but we don't want it to be manufactured. So it's kind of like we're just going to each do our own uh, thing and, and let it organically develop. It's real. It's real. There's, it's or, there's planter boxes of it <laughs> in all of our backyards. <laughs> all right, Aaron, what's going to be our final record, and how far do we go in the playoffs? Undefeated. Henceforth. 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 Yeah, exactly. Going forward. How far do we go in the playoffs, Jim? I mean... One game, two games? What's the best expansion year? Was it Atlanta? Uh, Winners was... I don't know. See, that's a Matt Baker question. I know. I need to have him on speed dial while I do these. I want to say Atlanta famously like went had a deep run in their Probably. first year, but I don't, I don't. You might be right. You're much closer to the MLS than I am. Don't. I, don't I can tell you that Chelsea it, I... shit the bed today. So, <laughs> well, I may be wrong about this, but um, I mean, I think Semis? we're going to win the whole damn thing. There we go. It's on the record. <laughs> I'm going to. You s- saw what, what happened with City too, coming out of the gate. That's right. That is true. 
All right. So just to prove that I did a little bit more homework as we wrap this thing up here, uh, I'm going to roll us out here uh, real quick. Give us follow. And again, my request of the day is share the episode, share the show, tell your friends how cool we are. Um, and there is a Venmo uh, QR code on our webpage. Feel free to tip us because that pays for beer. Uh, now that I got that out of the way, uh, Aaron, you, your, vin, your uh, profile bio, I believe it said woodworker and synth tech, right? Uh, so here we go. Let's, uh, you tell Excellent. me. Down with this? Hello. Yeah. 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 Right, in the, right in the sweet spot? Hmm. <laughs> my jam. <laughs> Jeremy, thank you for joining. Aaron, thank you for joining. Gentlemen, uh, let's let's keep in touch. Um, you know, re- updates, changes to the app, all that stuff. You know, our people go to the game. We're all we're all season ticket holders, so we'd love to learn more. And good luck with the rest of the season and uh, the app and activations. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Cool. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. All right, gentlemen, be good.